Your move, creep. Wish me luck, Freezer. You go, Ben Coco. Dino DNA. Son, your ego is writing checks your body can't cash. It's the only thing I know how to do. It's a good-looking boy. I'm a member of the Imperial Senate. That's my form! Welcome to Earth. You crossed the line. You know, that's just like, uh, your opinion, man. Hello, everybody. We are back in Undercity Comics, recording another episode of Retrograde. We talk about old movies, look back at them before when they were being made, uh, when they released, how they were released, what was the reception, and what do we think? Yeah, we also talk about how we remember these movies, and then we, we go back and look at them really, really closely, um, and just just talk about things that we noticed. Yeah, um, and we typically like to have at least one. We we at least one of us feel passionate about it. Um, and but today is a little different. Today we both love this movie. We both love this movie. And well, then, we adore this movie. Like it is one of my top ten favorite movies. I'd have to agree. I think it's. I, I'd have to agree too. All and right. the movie is Speed Racer from 2008, directed by at the time. Larry, Larry and Andy Wachowski. Now known as Lily and Lana. Lana. Or Lana, Lana and Lily, respectively. Which, like, when you go back and watch this movie, knowing what the Wachowskis were going through, or what specifically Lana was going through, it changes the movie. Really? Yeah. But uh, let's talk about uh, our, oh. our relationship with the movie. Um, were you... Like, were you a fan of Speed Racer, the cartoon? I wasn't. I've never actually seen. When were you born? 93. 93. So you would have been three years old when Cartoon Network aired it in 1996. Oof. They aired it from 96 to 2000. Okay. So it was like, my brother was the same way. He never watched the, the cartoon either. I remember seeing the, cart- uh, the, the commercials. I remember vague commercials, and I remember seeing part of it, but I mm-hmm. never sat down. And like stayed up watching oh, yeah. Speed Racer. It was it was like Scooby Doo, mm-hmm. uh, like other cartoons, but never Speed Racer. Yeah, my sister and I we would wake up super early before school so that we could watch Speed Racer, Thundercats, Sailor Moon, and Zoids. Do you remember oh, Zoids? I remember Zoids. <laughs> I remember Sailor Moon. Uh, yeah, just because I had a crush on all the all the. <laughs> <laughs> No, see, I had a, I had a different, I had a different child. I remember waking up early Saturdays for mm-hmm. Shaolin Showdown. Oh yeah, Shaolin uh, Showdown. My brother was into that. Yeah, uh, but then a ton of like That's So Raven, Phil of the Future, mm-hmm. Sweet Life of Zack and Cody. I was into that sitcommy live action kind ah. of stuff. Um, that, and that's an, that's it's, it's an interesting point because I've kind of realized this about myself. I'm not too crazy about animation. Mm-hmm. I don't. I, I like it. I like, mm-hmm. like I love my animation films. Fucking love Coco. Oh yeah, you know, which I haven't seen yet. Oh, it's so good. I know, but I've never been too wild about animation. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's I I usually kind of prefer the live action interpretation of it. Mm-hmm. My favorite interpretation of Spider Man is the uh, Tobey Maguire. Um, and I love the I love the animated show, but for me, yeah. Spider Man will always be Toby. Will Toby. always be that live action. Team Toby. Team Toby. Same. And it's funny because. I never really cared too much about Speed Racer until I saw the live action film. So did you even know like the song here? He comes, here comes Speed Racer. I remember the the melody. 
mm-hmm. but I don't remember the lyrics. I don't. Remember, I just remember. Hmm, hmm, hmm. I just know uh, that. Yeah. And it, I might literally just be remembering it because of the film. So you know, you know the cartoon. Oh, I I know the cartoon. I love the cartoon. So you saw it as a kid, but also I saw it as a kid. But also, your girlfriend got you the Blu-ray collection. Yes, of all the, the episodes. And now that's like my. I will keep that forever. Like I love it. I love watching those old cartoons because they are wild. They are so crazy. Like there's an episode where there's like an uh, a bank robber. They're like thieves. They, they've stolen fifty million dollars worth of gold. This is 1960s gold, right? <laughs> <laughs> they stole the gold and they're trying to smuggle it out of the country. So what do they do? They build a giant car, a <laughs> giant car, the mammoth car, and it's all it's like a train on wheel. Um, like it's a drivable train, <laughs> and. There's a you know the cop character Inspector Detector that's his American name. We'll get into that later, but Inspector Detector he like examines the mammoth car. He walks through all the, all the train cars and is like, hmm, I don't see any gold. But the, of course, at the end, you find out that the car is made of gold, and that's how they got the gold out of the country. What the? <laughs> so that's it. The gold was built right into the mammoth car and painted. My plan is ruined. I could have gotten that stolen gold out of the country, but not now. Not now. Be careful. It's liable to explode. Oh, my car. My golden car. There's so much death and just darkness in that uh, cartoon. I definitely remember seeing, like, a bunch of car accident kind of stuff. Yeah. And, like, speed walking out, like, bruised or stuff like that. Yeah. And I'm like... Even as a kid, I was like, oh, that seems a little dark for yeah. me. Like, yeah. There's, like, a guy that, like, falls into a pit of piranhas and gets turned into a skeleton. He's, yeah, man, it's very dark. Cartoons back in the day were kind of great. Yeah. They were <laughs> they were wild. So, that, that so I'm a big Speed Racer fan. I was when I was a kid. So, when in 2008, when that movie was released... I was in the theater. Were you a hardcore fan before the 2008 film? Like, you, like I mean, you, I was, you saw the you saw the show, the TV show, but right. and you you woke up early. Yeah, but specifically you, for speed. <laughs> okay, but were you like were you like hardcore about it? Like you're like, yo, I, yo, I mess with speed racing. Um, I I don't know if I'm a hard I'm not a hardcore fan, but I was. It was something I really liked. It was something I looked forward to. You were invested. Yes. Okay. Um. So when the movie came out, I'm like, hell yeah. And this was like 2008. I'm about to leave for uh, college, right? This is like the last summer before I left home. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. Right? So like this is one of the last movies that I saw with my siblings, like when we were all lived together. This, I think this was one of, the la- yeah, one of the last ones we saw. And I just remember being in the theater, hearing the Speed Racer music, and just like, it's like I'm a kid again watching my uh, cartoons before school. It's like your childhood. It, yeah. it literally is your childhood. Yeah. That's like one of my favorite theater experiences. Like up there with like uh, Last Jedi at the, the Chinese theater. Oh, hot hot take. Austin really likes Last Jedi. So, <laughs> But you do too, right? I do too, yeah. Don't try, sure. try to out me. Like, I, no, no, I, <laughs> I, I'm doing it. I'm throwing you under the bus. <laughs> um, but also like Avengers Endgame at the Chinese theater. Like mm. It's like Speed Racers up there. It's right up there with them. I didn't expect that, you know, to them to just go all in on adapting this wacky, insane anime into a wacky, insane movie. 
it's 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 amazing how deep they go. You showed yeah. me a clip yeah. a few weeks ago about, and I remember hearing the sound effects. Yeah, from the TV in the TV show that they use in the film. Yeah, and it's not like a little subtle reference. It's like an actual. No, the like, car, the Mach Five makes a very distinct sound anytime it jumps and it does the same thing in the movie and it, it's incredible they it's, bought the sound effects and they bought the music but the, <laughs> the i can see you're getting like holy shit um makes me want to have the movie right now like yes the movie? i'm like i just oh, i just want to watch the movie but like the the guy who composed the music he watched the, the show he listened to the music and he drew inspiration from it and Michael I, it's good to note that his name is Michael Gi- Giacchino I believe uh-huh. um, but he is a really great composer he's yeah. done stuff for Jurassic like this is back in 2008 but he's done stuff like Jurassic World he's scoring the new Star Wars films oh the the Rogues Rogue One I think Rogue One mm. um, he's done he did a, a Spider-Man Far From Home and Homecoming so he's done. He's he's a he is a well known like this yeah. man is in demand. Yeah, and there's a lot of like xylophones in the old uh, cartoon, which and they appear in the new. Well, the instrumentation in the in the new film is fantastic. It's, yeah, and it's straight from the from the from the animated show. Yeah, but it's like if the anime had a budget of a hundred and ten million dollar movie. Yeah, it's just so much bigger. I felt like watching a Speed Racer cartoon just listening to the music. So good. How was it when you watched the movie? Like knowing nothing about the. It's cartoon. well. It's funny because I love this film, but unfortunately, I can't recall the first time I saw it. Oh really? This is, and I think it was maybe before I really started appreciating movie experiences more. You know, because I've I've always loved movie theater experiences, but I think there was a point where I just saw movies and I just registered them in. But now, whenever I feel a film that. Uh, touches me in a different way i kind of put it uh i put it aside in a, like a special place you know what i mean mm-hmm. um like you have your list of yeah. top film movie theater experiences i have mine as well i, I i'm thinking i didn't see the movie in theaters because wow. i feel like i would have it would have because this film has a huge left a huge impression on me mm-hmm. but i can't for the life of me really think about the first time i saw this movie but i do remember um going to this website movies.com and mm-hmm. I'd always go there for my reviews and for my tickets. Movies.com. Now it's Fandango, but now Movies.com was like everything I went to do. And there was a guy that rated it. Or I remember watching Speed Racer and really, really liking it. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I wonder what this reviewer thinks. And it was mm-hmm. the guy that I always went to. And he gave it an A. And I was like, yes. I, like the, uh-huh. It was one of those moments where I, like, I think it was where I was really learning about film and stuff like that. Where yeah. I my opinion aligned with like a professional's yeah. so it kind of validated my my opinions <laughs> about it and i remember reading his reviews like yes yes i agree with everything it's fantastic just, yeah he he was just like it's so animated it's so heartfelt it's so silly and goofy but it's just got such heart to it yeah and he gave it an a yeah it wasn't until years later when i found out this film kind of did shit yeah it, it not only was it like a financial I guess disaster is the word that people like to use. It was a, it was it was, a, it was a disaster. It was a hundred and ten million dollar budget, but it only made ninety three million uh, total gross, right? Which is if you're not like covering the production costs, like that's bad. You're yeah. also not covering the, the marketing. marketing. So like you need 
if you're going to be like a successful movie, what do you think? Do you make like double the no, I, well, I what mean, determines like a, a financial success? It needs to be more than double, at least double. Mm-hmm. I know, I know, like Blade Runner twenty forty nine recently. I always find a way to talk about this movie. But it <laughs> doubled the budget, but it still wasn't enough. It was still a failure, considered mm-hmm. a failure. Yeah, uh, I mean, especially, I mean, well, this is back in two thousand eight. You had Dark Knight coming out. You had Tropic Thunder. You had Iron Man. Yeah, so this... uh, so it was 90, 90 million in total. It wasn't mm-hmm. like opening or anything. That's mm-hmm. terrible. Yeah, it's really, really bad. And it's not like Warner Brothers, the the studio that made it, really hurt because they had the Dark Knight. You yeah. know that five hundred million dollars. Yeah, and it eventually broke. It, it it broke that billion. It did. Dark Knight. Yeah. What? Dark Knight reached a billion. They. I remember they re-released the movie. Oh, yeah, that's right. They do they, that because they they always do that when they're close. They re- re-release the film to get yeah. over that over that final hump. And and Dark Knight is. Dark Knight, Dark Knight, Dark Knight. Yeah. They, Warner Bros. was fine. Yeah. Um, but review-wise... Dude, some of the reviews are, like, so scathing, and they're, like, mean. And, and you know what? And, and look, again, look, man, you don't got to like a film. I'll secret, I'll low-key judge you, like I'm uh-huh. judging you about Independence Day. <laughs> but, you know, I ain't, I ain't going to shit on you for not right. liking the movie. I'm not going to shit on you for liking a movie you do like. Right. I don't... Movies are totally subjective and you see things that you want and that's fine i don't want to criticize people who don't like the movie mm. but you're right these some of these guys are straight up assholes yeah and and i'm just like it just it feels like you're like you're you t- saw the ad and then decided how you're gonna feel about the movie yeah okay for context the film as of today has a 40 percent on rotten tomatoes mm-hmm and what that 40% means, I, I feel like we need to talk about this a little bit. It's 40% means that it's basically 10% from 50. And that just means that half the critics liked it and half the critics didn't. How much those critics liked it, that number does not reflect. It does not. Because the, those 40% that did like the film may have loved it. They may yeah. have. My, my guy that reviewed the film, who gave it an A, mm-hmm. above average, is in that 40%. Now, 60% didn't. But it doesn't mean that they hated the film. It just means that they viewed it unfavorably. But some people might be on the fence. And yeah. some people obviously yeah. thought Some it was people sh- hated this. I have, I have some quotes from uh, reviewers at the time. Um, this is a guy from The Guardian. He's, who, this is in 2008. Um, Matthew Fox from TV's Interminable, Interminable Lost. Okay. So he's already like shitting on Lost, right? By using that word. Interminable Lost plays the mysterious masked racer X. Speed also has a tykish kid brother who in turn has a pet chimp. They are both so irritating, I wanted to tie them to the track and run them over in the nearest Ferrari. Jesus. This is 2008. He's he's, he's saying he wants to murder this child. Yeah. In 2008. (laughs) I mean... It's a different time. (laughs) I mean, look, I know you got to get people to read your reviews. Yeah. People are reading less and less. Shoot, I don't... I barely read. (laughs) But, man, you got to... You got to relax, dog. Someone uh, called it computer... The latest iteration of computer-generated idiocy. uh, Wachowski vomit. And made for 10 to 12 years old. With Bob Mandela from NPR. He said that... uh, since actors perform entirely in front of green screens with everything else painted in digitally, Seed Racer is really just substituting one form of animation for another. 
No doubt, that marks a thrilling advance of some sort if you're a tech geek or nine years old. It's just like, why so, do you gotta... Well, so, so here's the thing. This 40% is out of 213 critics. Mm-hmm. So it's not like it's out of 60 critics. It, there's a good pool of critics. Yeah. And and that's that's kind of, I've read I've read through these reviews or uh the uh summaries and they always go to the same exact thing. It's super animated and it's for little children. Yeah. And that's always the excuse. Uh-huh. That's always what they talk about. But like saying that oh this is for 9 years old isn't an indictment of a movie. You no. Know? It's like what Say something about the movie, not yeah. the people that like it. And, and look, and look, the VFX thing, it, and that's where I will say yes. The VFX in this movie are very, very out there. Yeah. I remember the trailer coming out for Speed Racer. This is one of my earlier memories. Another early memory with Speed Racer was the trailer came out and people hated it because of the animation style. Mm. They didn't like it. They didn't like yeah. the the look of it. And, the, and it is a lot to take in. It's very different from what was going on at the time. I mean... Like, this is like the season of like dark gritty reboots, you know. It's like Batman, uh, Hellboy. This was very. Uh, this was a summer where grown men were being validated because you had <laughs> I, you had Iron Man being made. Yeah. You had Dark Knight, where it's like a serious. Like, that that was an Oscar front runner, and everyone yeah. was agreeing with it. Yeah. And then you had Tropic Thunder, which is an R-rated comedy mm-hmm. with like an all-star cast. Like this was yeah. not the summer for little children. Yeah. And that's what this movie was. It was a, it's a family movie. Yeah. Speed Racer is a family movie, but people did not like. They didn't. Yeah, they they were shitting on it for being a family movie that was super colorful. Yeah, and that's funny. Like a, a season of grown men being validated. I mean, <laughs> but and I mean, look, man, I'm a grown ass man too. But like for, yeah. re- I mean, I w- I'm I was in the same camp too. I mean, mm. I was in like I was. You were exiting high school. You were going into college. I was going into high school. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm, I'm I'm in that camp too, and we we spoke about this recently about Fortnite. Mm-hmm. How look, man, regardless of where you stand about video games or whatever, Fortnite is a free game. Yeah, that you could load up at any time, and it's got an animated, cartoony kind of vibe to it. Yeah, why do you gotta hate on it? Like yeah. why? Why? Because it's because a children's game, or not, not a children's game, but a game that has the appearance of a children's game is like the most popular thing right now in the world. Yeah, like why do we? Why do you have to shit on it? And, and all these people, I feel, are just doing the same thing. It's like, it's a movie for kids, and I don't like it. Yeah. Kids' movies can be amazing. Like, has Pixar has shown us? Yeah. But, like, why... This is... It's just a, a, a level of cheesiness that people were not ready to embrace. And they yeah. ridicule it, and I'm like... They didn't even give it a chance. No. They, they never did. This but, movie was yeah. gonna fail. Unfortunately, cause yeah. especially the climate. And they, I think um, this movie debuted a little bit early. Like it was released in May, right? Mm-hmm. They did a opening in the Nokia theater. It was the first opening at the Nokia theater ever. Um, and like the press there, like the Wachowskis are very like private. They don't like to do a lot of interviews. So they didn't really talk to anybody. Um, and you have Soak's people from Warner Brothers saying like, yeah, we're just trying to really get this movie out there. It's not like a Pixar movie, and it's not like an IP that people like really know about. So we're just trying to do something special to get the word out. And that's that's the thing. And it just and I'm like nobody. I don't. No one. No one ever gave this film the chance. Yeah. No one actually was like, all right, let's watch it and see what we think. And no one really did have a chance because 
it came out in May in between Iron Man, like the birth of the MCU, right? And then the, the freaking fourth Indiana Jones movie. Jesus. And then like in, I think the next month was the new Hulk movie with uh, Edward Norton. Wow. Marvel did two yeah. MCU. Oh, okay. Well, actually that one was, was distributed by Universal. Yeah. And then, when did The Dark Knight come out? Dark Knight came out later that year. Jesus. Yeah. 2008 was such a great year. Yeah. For Hollywood blockbusters. Yeah. Yeah. That was like, I remember going to the theaters a lot that summer. Yes, me too. I remember remember seeing, uh, I was with my friends with uh, an Incredible Hulk. And there's that one scene where Liv Tyler is like on top of Edward Norton. She's like, you can't even get a little excited. <laughs> I remember my friend would do this thing where he would like silently clap anytime like a male character got laid. And I remember that. <laughs> that Oh, my God. That's I, I remember so much from that summer. It's, yeah. I remember Tropic Thunder. But like the thing that stood out was Speed Racer for me. That was like, okay. whoa. Uh, Dark Knight. This movie was for me. <laughs> Dark Knight stood out for me. Dark Knight's still really good. Yeah. But like Speed Racer was like, I remember where I was when I watched that movie. I, I remember where how we were sitting when we watched mm, that movie. I, I, that's how I felt about the Dark Knight. Mm-hmm. I remember that theater experience. And I remember where I sat. I remember at what moments. I remember I did this thing where like, when the, the I know this, we're talking about Speed Racer, but it's just like the Joker does the pencil trick. Yeah. And I remember my theater lost its goddamn mind. <laughs> Every person's head in that theater blew up. I remember yeah. I like put my arms on the armrest and I like lifted myself up to see like whoa. <laughs> it was it was great. Yeah. That, but, but but that just goes to show. I mean, I have I could barely recollect any memories from Speed Racer. This movie had, didn't have a chance. Mm-hmm. It came out in such a great year and it added to that great year. Yeah, but I it, think yeah, I think so. Without a doubt. I, but look, these people are tearing it up apart, and it's for the same reasons. The CGI, um, it's too kiddish. It's for children, and I'm like, it's a family film. Yeah, but there's also a lot of sincerity in that family. A lot of sincerity, and it, I feel like it comes from a, a real place for the Wachowski Wachowskis. It's, but we'll we'll get into that yeah. later. Um, this. The general consensus was people hated this movie at the time. Yeah. Fans hated it because of the animation. Critics hated it because of the animation and the kidness. And every every other person was like, I, I don't really want to see an animated film that looks super cheesy, silly. Uh, like, it, the CGI looks fake. I remember that being the thing. Like, the yeah. CGI looks fake. It's like, no, it's the style. They're in a cartoon. They're in a cartoon world. They're filming in front of a green screen to give it that effect. It's done on purpose. You yes. just have to, like, give it... A chance. Just accept that, you know? Well, if you can accept it, that you're watching so, a cartoon, yeah. then you're fine. But you're but people were like, no, it looks fake. They wanted a... I think what people wanted was a... Uh, a dark, gritty reboot of... I want to say dark, gritty. I'd say a grounded version. They yeah. wanted a grounded version of the races. They wanted a yeah. live action Mach 5 being built, which, I mean, yeah. would have been nice. I mean, I, the, the, a live action Mach 5... <laughs> Like a drivable one, that'd be kind of. I think they did make a model. Oh, they did. Yeah. Oh, I'd, I'd love to get in that. <laughs> oh yeah, I, I don't. I don't think I can handle it. I think I'll just burst into tears if I get inside of Mach Five. Oh my god. <laughs> so, yes. do you want to like get into the a little bit of the history of Speed Racer? Yeah, let's do it. All right. So, Speed Racer was based on a manga and anime from 1967. 
right? This guy, uh, Tatsuya Ushida. So there are two very popular movies in Japan at the time. Um, Viva Las Vegas, starring Elvis Presley, <laughs> and, and Goldfinger, the James Bond movie. So basically the dude was like, what if Elvis had James Bond's car? That's how Speed Racer was born. Really? Yeah. Like the hair, the, the, the eyes, um, and like the scarf was taken from like Viva Las Vegas, or inspired by Viva Las Vegas. So you have this Mach 5, all these buttons do different things, different gadgets like James Bond's uh, Aston Martin DB5. Mm-hmm. The, they named the character Go Mifune. Go, it's like a triple entendre, like Go was, was what this character is. It means strength, but it also means five, like Ichni San Chi Go. Uh, and it also means to go in English. So it's like yeah. a triple entendre. So that when the, the song, the, the name of the, the anime was Mahago Go Go. Mahago Go Go! Yeah. Um, so then it was bought by uh, a predominantly an electronics manufacturer called Translux. They adapted it, they hired this guy, Peter Fernandez to produce it, to rearrange the music, and he ended up voicing two of the characters. He also changed a lot of the characters' names, right? Like, so Go Mifune became Speed Racer. And Inspector Detector had a different name too, but he's like, no, we're gonna go all in on the cheese. So inspect, that's how Inspector Detector was born. Pops Racer had a name. Now he's just Pops. The mom is just mom. <laughs> um, and then in 1996, Cartoon Network re-aired it. The Translux Peter the, Fernandez production. The yeah. And it in, reintroduced the cartoon to a bunch of new people. Do you know how long this movie was in development? How long? Warner Brothers acquired the rights in 1992. Whoa. Yeah. And let me just read off some names of people that were attached to the project. 1994, Henry Rollins. Whoa. Yeah. He was going to be Racer X. Oh, that would have been good. It gets better. In 1995, Johnny Depp was attached to play Speed Racer. This is 1995, Johnny Depp. (laughs) Because I was thinking like, yo, Captain Sparrow, but it's like, oh no. Yeah, this is before before he got dirty. 21 Jump Street. Yeah. Oh, he's so handsome. Yeah. <laughs> the director at the time was going to be Julian Temple. Do you know who that is? Mm-mm. He's the guy that did the Sex Pistols documentaries. Mm. He's like a punk rock dude, right. I guess, because he did it. Sex Pistols movies. But then they both left, and then they wanted Gus Van Sant. Gus Van No, <laughs> no, 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 no. But he wanted uh, creative control over the writing. And they didn't give it to him, so he didn't. That didn't Ooh, happen. Good thing. I no. I love and Gus, but no. 1997 is gonna blow your mind. Alfonso Cuarón. No fucking way. Yeah. <laughs> In 97. 97. Alfonso Cuarón. To to do Speed Racer. To direct Speed Racer. Like his face is just. He just has a permanent like what open jaw right now. <laughs> what was he? I don't know. What? I don't know what he was doing at the time, but it didn't happen. Um, and then, or J.J. Abrams was attached to like write along with several others, but J.J. Abrams was the name I recognized. That didn't happen. Then in 2004, 
Vince Vaughn tried to bring it back, but he wanted to make it more about the family. Okay. But then that didn't happen. And then finally, in 2006, the Wachowskis were attached, and then they started to cast. There, uh, there's a, a bunch of different guys were tried out to be Speed Racer. It was um, Joseph Gordon-Levitt. <gasps> oh. Shia LaBeouf. Shia oh, LaBeouf. Oh, that would have been good, too. And Zac Efron. I can, I can see it. I can see it. He's yeah. handsome, but... But then they got Emil Hirsch. Which I'm fine with. I think he's I great. love Emil Hirsch. I, I, yeah, I, I love him. He, he's like... He plays it very earnest. Mm-hmm. I feel like maybe everyone else would have played it with some sort of bravado, mm-hmm. but there's a there's an innocence that Emil yeah. Hirsch brings that just makes it feel more wholesome. I feel like Johnny Depp would have been nice. He would have been fine, but I feel like maybe he would have made it a little too, a little too Elvis-y. Yeah. And I feel like there needs to be some earnestness. Yeah. That Emil brings. Yeah. Well, hold, hold on. So I'm just, I'm still thinking about the Quaron thing. Uh-huh. He made little, A Little Princess in 1995. And you say in 1997, they wanted this him was to. This was 1997, yes. How the fuck do you get from like, oh, you made A Little Princess. I want to give you Speed Racer. <laughs> That's the wildest thing. But I mean, yeah. oh, so Alfonso Quaron, he did the most recent Roma. He did Gravity. Um, he did the third Harry Potter film, which a lot of people think is the best That's one. That's the one where like people came around on Harry Potter. Yes. Like n- non Harry Potter fans came out like, whoa, this yes. this is this is cool. This and, is cool. <laughs> and my favorite film, a Ch- a Children of Men. Yeah. Which we we should probably do in the feet. We that, should. Children of Men is Oh, okay. Anyway, yeah. I'm, I'm sorry. I, I'm I just I just, I got so distracted by it. You said you said my man's name. Yeah. And like I <laughs> love him. Okay. So they get. They try to get Keanu Reeves to, to play Rex Racer, to play Racer X, right? Yeah. But that didn't happen. And I'm trying to like, oh, what was he? He wanted to do it, right? There's the quote of him doing Racer X's voice, like, oh, I'm not your brother, Speed. Like, he, in the interview, so he wanted to do it. And he's he worked with the Wachowskis before. Yeah, he for- worked, they did The Matrix. If you guys don't know who the Wachowskis are, they're, they're the... They're the twins the, that did The Matrix. Yes. All three of them. Yeah, all and three they, of them. And they made Keanu a hit again. Yeah. So this production began in 2007 and around um, in June, right? Mm-hmm. He was filming something in May. So I think that was the reason why he couldn't um, be in this movie because he's in the middle of another movie. Do you know what movie that was? What movie was it? Street Kings. Oh, no. <laughs> <sighs> Street Kings? Yeah. God. Right, what a... Then they got Matthew Fox, right? And he did... He did he, I mean, uh, I'm not trying he's, to shit on Matthew. He did a good job. Yeah, I, I mean, like, I, I like what we got. Yes. Um, I just... I love what we got. I, I love what we got, too. I just can't help but think, like, Keanu Reeves. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, been, I'm just a, I'm a huge Keanu fan, so that would have been really cool. But Matthew Fox did right. He did, everyone he did. did well in this movie. No one everyone did, did really. No good. one dropped the ball. No one dropped the ball. Um, so, like, a little bit about, like, this cast at the time, right? So, like, now we got the movie about the Wachowskis, well-respected directors, successful directors. Oh, very well-respected. I mean, yeah. they, they're coming off the Matrix. and like They pretty much got carte blanche for yeah. this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, did I use that right? Carte blanche? I think so. Fully, full creative control of this movie. So they got Matthew Fox, who's on that very popular show Lost, right? Yes. Um, I never saw Lost, but I remember... It was a people, thing. People were going apeshit about yeah, it. It was Game of Thrones of that time. Yes. Um, 
Rain, the the guy who plays the Toku Tokukan, uh, Tejo Tokukan. When I've never noticed. Where, where was he from? Rain is like a super popular Korean pop star. Really? Yeah, he was at like the height of his game in two thousand around those those years. In two thousand six, he was in Time Magazine's like hundred most influential people. And then in like the follow up in two thousand seven, he beat Stephen Colbert on like a user poll. Whoa, yeah. really? And then like he was on Stephen Colbert, and Colbert was like making fun of him because like he beat him. He's like, why? Well, you know, you know how Stephen Colbert is. Yeah. Wow. The Tejo Togo. Yeah. That dude was a star. And wow. this was like during the height of his like stardom. So like you got Matthew Fox, you got Rain, you got the Speed Racer, you got these directors. This movie was like, how could it fail? You know. Well, yeah, the MCU and Indiana Jones 4. And um, the Dark Knight. And the Dark Knight. So the budget was $120 million and they got um, multiple promotional partners with over $80 million in marketing support. Like, And the partners were General Mills, McDonald's, Target, Mattel, Lego. And they were all like given a model of what the Mach 5 was going to look like, or the Mach 6 and the Mach 5, I'd imagine. They all got the model of what it was going to look like. So they knew how to design it for their their cars, their yeah, merchandise. Make, make, I mean, this is a kids' movie, and there's a bunch of cool stuff in it. Like it makes yeah. sense why they would all get in on this. Yeah, but unfortunately, like didn't happen, and I'm I'm not sure why. Well, I know why, but there's this movie does so many things right. Um, so Austin and I, we've seen the film again. Normally, this is where we just kind of go rewatch the film but because we've seen speed racer i mean i've probably seen it double digit times you yeah same. Well. and you've seen the cartoon as well so. and i've seen the cartoon yeah. so it's like we don't need to take a break we we no, know this gonna, movie we know yeah. this movie all right everybody so we both really love this movie we love it so much we just forgot to explain what happens in this movie so if you're listening to it without knowing what we're talking about this is for you so Speed Racer is basically about this guy who races for his family's racing team. In this world, racing is like the, the best, like most popular sport. And Speed is racing against, you know, like these big car companies and stuff. But he's like an independent racer. As he's racing, he's breaking records or he's getting really close to breaking his brother's old record and it turns some heads on the big corporate side. And one of them, Royalton, he's the antagonist of the movie. He offers Speed a contract. And because Speed Racer and the Racer family want to stay independent, he respectfully declines. And that's when the Royalton guy shows his true colors and tries to blackmail Speed from racing he like puts uh, opens up bogus lawsuits and all this crazy stuff and eventually speed behind his dad's back uh he makes a deal with this like interpol-esque like well they're, they're a government agency yeah it's a government agency that's supposed to investigate racing you know, it's like the, I don't know, FIFA has it. 
right? Yeah. So basically he teams up with this like detective inspector detector and they team up with this other racing company, Togukan. And Togukan says they have dirt on Royalton's company. So if they win this rally race, then they will give the information and Royalton will go to jail and Speed won't have will be protecting his family from this monstrous corporate entity. So he races in this rally race. And of course, his family finds out and they come over and they have an argument. But, at, you know, they decide to like work together because they're there already. And Speed wants to do this uh, and they win the race. But Togakon was never planning on giving any information if he had any to give because they were trying to drive up the their stock price so that they would get more money when they get bought out by Royalton. So speed is like how I was playing the rules. I was helping the the detectives. I was helping the proper authorities and racing is still this corrupt thing. But the Togacon heiress, she's a good person and she gives speed this invitation to the Grand Prix. And the Grand Prix is like the Super Bowl of this racing world. So he's able to compete in the Grand Prix and he wins and Royalton goes to jail. Is that good? Yeah, I think, yeah, everything. That's basically the plot of the movie. Uh, should we talk about the, the characters? The, this cast is stacked. Yeah. It's got Emil Hirsch as Speed Racer. You've got John Goodman as his dad, a.k.a. Pops. Um, you've got Susan Sarandon as Mom. Then you have Christina Ritchie as Trixie, Speed's uh, love interest. His girlfriend. Um, yeah, Matthew Fox as Racer X, who is uh, who is actually Speed Racer's brother. He faked his own death and he got plastic surgery in order to look different, uh, in order to fight these big uh, corporate companies. Uh, but he wouldn't endanger his family. So you have you said Togokan was a big yeah. Tejo Togokan is Rain, and Rain's like a big Korean pop star. He's like the the heir to the Togokan company, and his he has a sister and she's like the good one and then you well you and then you have roger alum yeah who is uh Roy, who's royalton the bad guy and you may not know his name but you definitely recognize him he was uh he's like the bad guy in most films that he's in <laughs> he was sort of the good guy in, in like the episode of game of thrones wait he was in game of thrones yeah he's in like the first episode you remember when daenerys leaves that house to be okay. sold to jason momoa basically Oh, oh, the hairy dude. Yes, that was that was Royalton. Okay. And he was also in V for Vendetta, which a lot of people may know. That's right. Another collaboration with the Wachowskis. Um, and then lastly, one of the bigger names, we have uh, the guy that Speed looks up to. Ben Burns. Uh, ben Burns. Yeah, Ben so Burns. Ben, so, so Speed, um, Speed and his dad used to watch the Grand the Grand Prix growing up and there's a racer that they look they both look up to called Ben Burns. And he's played by who? Richard Roundtree. All of these actors are like really committed to what they're doing. Mm -hmm. And you could tell. And they're all having so much fun. Even Tejo Togokan, who's kind of a who's kind of a prick. He's a good rich like, entitled kid. Yeah. He is he he commits to it. He commits to the stick. And I, it's nice seeing like it's nice having like an international cast yes it's a very like the guy who plays sparky sparky is like speed racers mechanic slash 
best friend. He's an Australian dude. Yeah. You have Royalton, who's a British guy. Cannonball's a French guy. You have Ben Burns, who's African-American. Cannonball Taylor is German. I'm not bad. Oh. Oh, I thought he was. I thought he was French. Yeah, me too. Shows how much we, <laughs> shows how much we know about Europeans. It's a pretty stacked cast, and the thing is, everyone is good. There's no one who is like really bad. Even the kid, which like, so Speed has this little brother, Spritel, and Spritel doesn't really act much like Speed. He acts more like John Goodman's character, like his his dad. And I think that's because Speed, you know, he takes after Rex, right? And then when Rex He's not around anymore. Spritel takes more after his father because his father, after it's implied that the father was more present in the family. He didn't work as much. Um, so Spritel would take after his dad. Oh, I'm cool with that. So if you look at the, how the kid acts, he acts like a little John Goodman. That, that's kind of, I didn't notice that. That's kind of a cool detail. Yeah. And then there's one more character, uh, Chim Chim. The monkey. Dead. So Spritel has a pet monkey, and no one thinks that's weird. No, people, nobody like looks at him weird or anything. And and like he he'll be wearing pajamas too, and the pajamas have like little boys on them, and Spritel's pajamas have little monkeys on them. <laughs> it's really strange. Well, oh, there's the the one cameo that I forgot to mention. Uh, it's Milka Duno. Milka Duno is. Uh, from Venezuela, she's a professional race car driver, and she plays Gearbox. She's the one that gets hit into the sign. I love those. I love those little cameos of those racers because I don't know. It's just it's really committed to just really bringing this world together and with racing. And I don't know. It's just a nice little you know when filmmakers go out of their way, it's like ah, we could hire some hot extra. It's like no, let's get the real thing. Why not? Yeah. So r- right off the bat, one of like the first things that I love about this movie is how strong of an opening it is yes like like let's say let's say i don't know who speed racer is right within the first minute i know who speed racer is he's like in his locker room like bouncing his foot and then that this action ADD, of the ADD yeah. wielding the- yeah and then the bouncing of his foot matches the bouncing of his foot when he becomes like the flashback when he's a kid right and he's like just obsessed with racing as his teacher says um and then we see Trixie like interested in him, and then you see him with his see his relationship with his older brother, and that relationship is so strong that the teacher is like, "Is Rex his dad?" And he's like, "Oh no, it's it's his brother, right?" So you know how close he is with his brother, and then you see his him like run to his brother's car, and his brother takes him out on the track, the same track that he's competing in in the present day. And even like the the way the car jumps up in the air, it matches with the mock the Mach six. Yeah, like it's just wow. Like visually, like well, whoa. it's visually how they tie in both both things together. Because right, because yeah. when these the transitions in this film, yeah, are next to like no other film does them better. No, I, other, like, the transitions in this film. I mean, even even little even things like like the tapping of the leg. That's mm-hmm. how that's he's you know you learn about him, but also how. His how him driving in the past looks compared to how it drives in the future and just yeah. the, the 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 ghost he's competing yeah. with a ghost yeah it's it's amazing it gives me it like the way that they uh, establish a family around racing and around what happened to Rex yes right and it sets up the mystery as yeah to what happened to Rex yeah and, and it's it, it's like it's like really goofy 
And then when the part where like Rex dies, it's Shit, like I got goosebumps, man. Same, same, <laughs> literally the same. I got, I get, because this, because oh, we cannot establish how good this opening is. You learn about all the characters, you know, in the situation, you learn about the world, you know, how mm-hmm. people see the family, and then, yeah. you, you, and I, when I cut you off, you learn about what happened to Rex. Yeah, which is something different from the anime. The, in the anime, there's a few differences. Do you want me to go over all the different? There's a, there's a few of them. Okay, go for it. All right, so, um. Let's see. Uh, the quick save, like the, the bubble that appears when mm-hmm. they're about to like get into a fatal accident, it saves them so that nobody dies in this movie. <laughs> um, that is unique to the movie. In the cartoon, people just died. Guys get eaten by piranhas. Guys get shot. Guys get blown up. Like there's so much death in that cartoon. In the movie, I don't think anybody dies. Which which fine. I'm fine with. I'm cool with that. Yeah, it's fine. In the Cartoon, the Mach 5 was the only car that he drove. In the movie, the Mark 5 is the rally racer car. Mm-hmm. And then the Mach 6 is what he drives in like the, the track races. At the at the Grand Prix. Yeah. And there's one difference with the Mach 5. The Mach 5 did not have a shield that would mm-hmm. deflect like the, the spikes. Mm-hmm. It had a button that turned it into a submarine. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> and I think this is before James Bond even had that technology. Okay. Even like the the Falcon that he has, it's the biggest button on his steering wheel. Never uses it in the movie. He also very rarely uses it in the cartoon. Mm. Trixie, the the change that they made with Trixie is like, it's it's a little frustrating as a fan, but it's it's whatever. Trixie is like insanely jealous in the cartoon. <laughs> like anytime a female character approaches speed she's she like makes a face like hmm. and then speed racer himself is kind of a shitty boyfriend because like there's an episode where in a race if he wins the race he has to marry like the princess of this this uh country and he's like well i gotta win the race and Trixie's like what? you can't marry her i'm your girlfriend he's like no i gotta win the race that's nonsense i'm getting back into the race I don't care about any silly reason for racing like you just gave me. I'm racing to win, that's all, and I'm going to do it. There's nothing you can say that will stop me from trying to be the winner. Nothing. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> um, but, like, you don't see any of that in the in the movie, right? There's I'm like, fine with that change. It's fine. It's just, like, one thing that, like, as a, as a fan, you expect Trixie to, like, when uh, he gets the suit, or he's, like, measured for the suit that Royalton gives him. You'd want Trixie to be like, hey... They just a little bit to show like we watched the cartoon, but they did watch the cartoon because yeah. everything else is like spot on. Um, Snake Oiler, one of the racers that Speed Racer rides races against, was at from the Casa Cristo. Yeah, Casa Cristo, and at um, Thunderhead. Yes, yes, at Thunderhead. Yeah, yeah. He's the racer. Oh, and, thro- and in the Hawaiian one too. Don't forget. Oh yeah, yeah. At Fuji. Fuji. Yeah. yeah. Uh, he throws like snakes at people in the cartoon. He wasn't really throwing snakes at people because I don't think his name was snake related at all in the anime, right? Okay. In the Japanese anime. So then, um, in the cartoon, he's part of this like elite racing team called the Car Acrobatic Team, where they like just fly around on their cars and like stack on top of each other and like they just keep driving. It's like there is no laws of physics in the cartoon. The other mob boss, the the guy that beats up Rain in that train car, which is inspired by the mammoth car. Yeah. That guy's a real character from the anime, too. He's cr- Cruncher Block. In the anime, he didn't have fish. 
but in the movie, he, does, he has a guy stick his finger in there. My so babies. <laughs> Put your finger in there. But boss, I said do it. Yeah, yeah. And then the, the biggest change they do is how they treat Rex Racer. In the anime, Rex disagreed with Pops, and then he leaves home. Mm-hmm. And he becomes Racer X. In the, an, in the movie, they make it seem like Rex died. And yeah. you see how this death affects the family, how it just like shatters their world. They don't even know if they want to be racers anymore. Yeah. Um, and even though like I know he faked his death, I know he's he's Matthew Fox. Um, that scene still gets me because it just feels so real. The, it, it it actually has an impact because the way the way they show it, it's oh man, this always tears. T- this tears me apart where it's like you see young speed racer like hugging uh uh susan saran Saran yes and like in the in like his room yeah and he's just like devastated it's it's just so dark that scene like the only light is from the the tv screen or something like a crack in the door no it's it's from the window because they're in this room and and john goodman it pops is in the doorway and you just he has this look of like I'm never going to be able to, because he argues with Rex. He's like, once you go out that door, you can never come back. Yes. So he like blames himself for like not bringing his son back. Right. And he, he makes, he makes the change at the, yes, he has an arc. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, That scene messed me up so much. Yeah. And like, I know it's, it's not real, you know, they're just, I think it's because they act like they don't know how to grieve. Like this thing happened and they don't know, they can't believe it. And you see that because, Susan Sarandon is a great actress, and John Goodman is a great actor. It's so it plays so real. Yeah, and you and, and when they cut back to the same like everyone's having this like same flashback while Speed is racing because Speed yes. Speed is at the it's at Thunderhead. Yeah, and Speed is racing, and he's so close to Rex's old record. Yes, that he's competing with the ghost of Red Rex right. Racer. And, and this is bringing the flashbacks is from from everyone's perspective. So and like, you see that they're like a family unit. They're they're defined by each other. They're they're and they're all having like the same stream of consciousness. Yes. And like you could even see like Susan Sarandon like wipe off wipe a tear because mm-hmm. it still fucks her up thinking about Rex. And uh, do they can't even like talk about it? No. They, when the news are, when they read like the newspaper Sparky's reading the newspaper the next day after the race when yeah. speed runs like that's wins, enough don't read <laughs> it's like that's we can't talk about that yeah. still mm-hmm. and you're so right because it shatters them to their core yeah and, she even shatters the glass she's holding it, it, yeah and I, I and that's that's the first like not 10 minutes of first the movie 10 minutes of the movie that move, that, 10 to 15 minutes of the that's movie that's such an emotional punch yes most movies do not even have that same emotional in payoff. In entire two hours. And this film does it in 10 minutes. 10 minutes. Like, I like I feel like tears welling up, like, right now. Oh, every time. Oh, absolutely. Every time. That shot of, of speed with his mom. Oh, it, it hits way too close. Yeah. Um, and that's the first 10 fucking minutes. Yes. And, and so in the 10 minutes, we've learned all the characters, the relationship. You've set up the mystery of Rex. Mm-hmm. And, and, it's, and how, how much Rex means to speed. Mm-hmm. And and why they race? And he doesn't. He he can beat the record, but he he breaks. He breaks, and he he loses it by a second. Yeah. But he's like, you know what? It it doesn't matter. He does it on purpose. It's a choice he makes. He in in the end, it's like it's not about winning. It's about racing. Which is crazy because speed is all about winning. Well, he, in, in the cartoon, yeah. Anyway. He in this one, it's all about family. Yeah. 
and I he said like racing is like a religion in my family <laughs> and I love that, that's such a cheesy line it is a cheesy line but it's so but it's like what, what's wrong with that like I feel like I feel like fam- like some families are built that way. Like they're mm-hmm. built towards that one thing that unites them. And in this film, it's racing. And yeah, it's- racing is his family. Yeah, their and names are their last names are racer. Yeah, <laughs> and I'm I love I'm fine with that. Um, so from I mean, from there, I mean that the first beginning the beginning part of the film is amazing. That yeah, always that just the first. 10 to 15 minutes you and even all this stuff one of the things I want to talk about it's the open the actual opening with the logo from the company it has yeah. this, this kaleidoscope. kaleidoscope and it has the theme song that's that's slowly like it's and it builds up and it's like yeah. what a way to start a movie what a way to start a movie like with those visuals yeah. and then you throw us into this ah, it's ah, this the opening is incredible so another thing I really appreciate about this movie is like racing is their religion but it's also kind of like their identity yeah right and like thinking about uh, like his he's confused by his identity because he believes racing is this but then royalton you know the evil corporation tells him it's this and it's this complete yeah opposite it's not it's a it's all about money it's all about the unassailable might of money unassailable might of and money. i i love i love that because mm-hmm. it's such a great antagonist to have to something yeah. that's very wholeheartedly about it's a it's they they believe of the spirit of racing yeah and they believe in it so well but then Rolling comes in and he's like no it's about it's all fake it's all planned it's all about money yeah and what i love about that scene is so there's a scene in the middle of the film Royalton is the kind of the antagonist he's part of like the one of the big sponsorship one of the big car companies and he offers speed a chance to compete for him but speed denies him Speed's like, look, you know what? I'm going to stick with my family. We're going to have, we have our own company. We're going to stick with them. Thank you so much. We appreciate the offer, but Mm. I'm good. We're good. And Royalton goes on this huge rant about how racing is faked and how it's, uh, um, like how it's manipulated. So the Mm. winners are choosing. It's not about talent. It's not about the hard work. It's not Mm. about the dedication. It's about who put in the most money or whose turn it was to win. Yeah. And he, what I love he goes on this huge rant. It's like maybe yeah. five min, four or five minutes of a scene mm-hmm. where he's talking about this person owned this company and that company owed that company and that <laughs> company had five stocks and it gets really confusing. It's, it's it, really complicated. It, get, it gets very, I think, purposely confusing. Mm-hmm. So much so that to this day, I still don't know exactly what he's talking about. Like Basically I, what happened was the the guy that crashed, right? He told that guy to made that guy crash so that he would devalue his own company so that he could buy the stocks at the devalued price and then merge with the company that won and then sell his engine across the world. See, that's still confusing to me. And the move and you're you're bearing it down. Yeah. This dude goes into like he owned 0.5% of the stock. It's a huge rant. Yeah, and it's, it's, and you see it visually too. Like you see like the flashbacks of the guy like yeah. making the calls and like absolutely. Getting... It's it's super confusing. It's super confusing. But, but what you I, get the effect though, but, right? and that's why I love it because in the end of the day, what I love about this scene so much, I'm so confused. Mm-hmm. I don't understand what's happening, but he summarizes it best when it's like, it's um you you said it earlier. It's a it's about money and undie. Yeah. Unassailable, unassailable might of money, and and you and it perfectly summarizes, and that's the mm. and that's 
I like that because at that moment, I feel like I'm speed. Yeah. Speed is so confused and so rattled by what he's hearing. He but wants it's also, to do this this thing the way he knows how to do it. But then you have this man who comes in and just interrupts him and just throws so much at him. And he summarizes it. He even like his like childhood memory of like how he overcame his grief of his brother dying was watching this race with his dad. And then he tells him that race was fake. And then and, and basically the racer who Speed runs into later kind of admits it. Yeah, Ben Burns. Do you know who Ben? Do you know the actor who played him? No. Shaft. The original <gasps> Shaft. The or- oh. <gasps> oh. <laughs> OG Shaft. Yeah. Ah. Uh, wow, that's incredible. I didn't. Okay. Yeah, the cast is insane. And so, in in this guy, what I yeah. love about that scene is that you, you're not. I I think you're not supposed to understand all of it. It doesn't really. But it doesn't yeah. matter. At the end of the day, you you feel overwhelmed and you feel confused, but you know exactly what's happening. Yeah. And I I appreciate that a lot in movies. Mm. I don't need to understand all the little details. I don't need to understand all of this. I just need to understand what does it have to do with my character. What does yeah. it have to do? Like Wolf of Wall Street is another example where mm. there's a lot of the technical stuff I don't understand, like the IPOs, and I I don't get mm. all of that. But I understand how it's influencing. The, the the character's world yeah and in this one it's very simple this guy's the devil to, to, to yeah speed. he's that's everything what, that speed is against and he is this huge intimidating antagonist mm-hmm. and and he and he does like you're not gonna race you won't even finish the race you're gonna go to fuji and you're gonna try and prove that everything i just told you is nothing but a lie but no matter how well you drive you won't win you won't place i guarantee you right now you won't even finish the race and speed <laughs> and 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 we have a beautiful transition to yeah. the actual race in the middle of the race and speed loses in, in the middle of his rant you see what happens because he's telling you what's going to happen you see all of these moving pieces it's it uses the frame and the time allotted in the film so effectively this I'm, I'm gonna go so far as to say that i think this movie is one of the best comic book oh definitely translations because i feel like sometimes they they don't take the medium enough and if a movie that came close was scott pilgrim versus the world mm-hmm. but this movie literally frames entire scenes and starts entire scenes with some of the more clever transitions yeah like the characters will be talking and they'll like slide in the frame and you'll see like the the background like a, a different scene like it's almost like the character is the wipe yes the screen the, wipe. the character is the wipe and for example in the scene where royalton is telling speed like he's like look you know what you go to fuji you're gonna lose you're not even gonna finish the race so fuck off you're spinning around royalton uh-huh. and you and you're like you spin around royalton and then you, you reveal speed it's like, like it's yeah. it's like speed is in the same room like whilst it gives you the impression that while speed is driving in the fuji race while he's racing he is still thinking about this conversation yes and it's so lodged into his head that he's getting angry and he's like i'm gonna beat it's like i'm gonna the, try my best to beat this guy but it's like they're in the same it's the same is transitioned to make it seem like they're both in the same room yes and that's br- again you Brilliant. might be viewers you might be a little confused but you gotta you gotta see it and once you actually see how they transition to it it makes perfect sense yeah you get this complex idea of how speed is thinking about royalty while he's racing at a different point in time yeah seamlessly and you get it in five seconds yeah that's brilliant brilliant and then right after that right he has a talk with his mom 
right? The, mm-hmm. the, the pep talk. But if if you just like for a second, imagine they weren't talking about racing, mm-hmm. right? Racing is Speed's identity. Imagine they're talking about identity, right? I'm going to read you a quote uh, from uh, Lana Wachowski after she came out, uh, after she transitioned to female. Larry transitioned to Lana Wachowski. The Wachowskis took the privacy seriously and didn't do many interviews. But in 2012, she won the Human Rights Campaign Visibility Award and showed up to the event and gave a speech about time growing up, feeling confused and depressed over her gender identity. There are things we do for ourselves, is her words, but there are some things we do for others. I am here because when I was young, I wanted very badly to be a writer. I wanted to be a filmmaker, but I couldn't find anyone like me in the world and felt like my dreams were foreclosed simply because of my gender was less typical than others. If I can be that person for someone else, then the sacrifice of my private civic life may have value. Damn. And that, yeah. that goes back to what you were saying about how this film... Yeah, so when like, you when you talk when you put it through the lens of gender identity, it through yeah. the, through their gender through them searching their for their gender identity. Yeah, it plays a big. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, and then um, I didn't I didn't put the two and two together. When Andy transitioned into Lily, um, when Lily Lily said, "I am one of the lucky ones, having support of my family and the means to afford doctors and therapists, has given me the chance to actually survive the." the process transgender people without support means and privilege do not have this luxury and many do not survive all right so if you take what the mom says to speed about how i don't know how to to beat to overcome the situation but you have my support you have my unconditional love and we're gonna get through this together like i feel like that was what Lana needed, you know, from her mother, which is what she got. Like after, like there's a story of like the parents flying over to um, Lana's place because they thought she was going to kill herself or something. Then she gives her like this talk about like, I thought I was going to lose you, but it turns out there's more of you now. There's more of you to love. This is beautiful. I I didn't actually even think about the film that way. Yeah. I, I really like that. Wow, I have to rewatch that. I have to rewatch the movie now just to think about yeah, that. Yeah, so like if you watch it as like Speed Racer is like confused about his identity. I mean, Royalton comes in and does that. Right, Roy- so he, he's Roy- like trying to put him in this box. So if you look at him as not like a, a corporate figure, but a figure of conformity yeah. of like you need to put in this box. No, I don't feel like I can be in that box. And then he's just so like confused about what he has to do. He even says that. I'm so confused. Yeah. I'm so confused can mean a lot of things yeah. you know if you well when you look at it through the lens of of what they what the directors were going through yeah it you could tell that it's coming it's coming from an emo coming from a personal place yes it's it, coming from a, a a place that means something to them. and i think and i think relating racing to speed identity is totally on point because yeah. again again he's like you you fucking nailed it when you said that the way they got over the when rex dies his mm-hmm. identity's thrown out the window, and they don't know what to do. And it's it, racing's what brings them back. Mm-hmm. And so now this whole guy's life is going is is in turmoil because yeah. he doesn't know what to believe. He's confused. Yeah. And I I just, I don't know. I I didn't even think about that. Wow. That's pretty great. <laughs> it's pretty great. Like it's more than it's more than just for nine year olds. You know. No. Like, no. It's a totally. 
whichever way you want to look at it like it's yeah it's got and it's super cute animations and stuff but it's really a film about family and like yeah i mean again like what it means to be a healthy family yeah Pop. and they're not they're not a perfect family right they make mistakes but they learn from the mistakes and they stick together yeah and in the end like pops learns his, like they yes. learn to trust each other they, they go through turmoil where they they can't trust each other they can't be honest with each other but by the end it's like look man the only way we're gonna do get through this is being together mm-hmm. so we can't keep doing this to ourselves yeah and it it all culminates to that beautiful ending oh my god the ending the ending so that like this movie makes me cry like in two different places the beginning and the end yeah yeah i yeah no i i, I agree the beginning with rex's death and the ending with speed winning yeah and it, does, it replays all the the scenes from before like all those emotional beats it, it it has I mean the ending is cutting between the ending is constantly it's cross cutting between the actual race it's cutting between all of these different characters and conversations that they've had with Speed and events that they have gone through themselves like they mm-hmm. they replay the scene where he's watching the race with Ben with his dad for Ben Burns after Rex dies they're replaying the conversation that Pops had with Speed about that race. And then, the, then there's a they're cutting to the conversation he had with his mom mm-hmm. about being confused and stuff. There, and ah, it's so beautiful. And it's, yeah. and it's all of this is happening during an exciting part of a movie. Yeah. And this and normally this this stuff would slow it down, mm-hmm. but it just adds to it. Adds and it, to it. And it makes it way more exciting and way more heartfelt. Mm-hmm. Oh, and it's, it's like an, you know he's gonna win, right? You know he's not gonna lose. No, you know he. But it's it, you know he's gonna get first place. But is it is he is he gonna win? Is he going to is 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 he gonna find himself? You know, after yeah. after this whole film just being yeah. like bombarded with like people who are like, ah, you're crazy, ah, you don't know what you're doing. Yeah, and like when he enters this race, they don't even want him there. No, oh my god! And talking about transitions, yeah, you, you have a scene where like the guy, the announcer, is like, all eyes are on one car. Yeah, and he they superimpose. Every characters like all of like the main like antagonistic racers. You see Royalton watching. You see um, Rain, the Togu Khan son, watching, and then like their rival, right, the Mishima Motors guy. And they're superimposing them all. Like they're all moving from side, from left to right, and right to left, and they're all looking down on Speed. Yeah, and Speed's right in the middle, and it's he's like, no, I'm gonna go to my car. I'm gonna do my fucking thing. Oh, oh, (laughs) it's it's so great. It's the, the the final scene isn't just a race. It's mm. not the it's 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 a race, but it's it's so much more than that. Yeah, it's about speed proving these people wrong. That's mm-hmm. that racing is about integrity and about dedication and about doing everything you can. And speed kind of saying like, you know what, you can have your corporations, but it, but I have my family. Yeah, and we're going to succeed. Mm-hmm. It's so much more than that. It's a battle of wills, and he pulls through. Yeah, and like. It just the, the editing, the transitions, the music mm. in this scene is fantastic. And the actual choreography of the race is amazing too. Yeah, I'm never confused when I'm watching this race. I don't know what the reviewers were talking about. Like, I know what's happening. You always know what's happening. And and we haven't even mentioned this, but the choreography on the cars throughout the entire film are amazing. Mm. These are all fictitious cars and stuff, but they all have their own moves. They yeah. have their own flips, their own names, their yeah. old. 
it's like it's like you're watching a skateboarder. It's like that's an ollie. That's a three sixty <laughs> kick flip. Or oh whatever. yeah, just like oh, that's a double flip to a drop kick. I can't believe I just see that. It's like it's like wrestling. Yeah. It's like that dude. That dude just did a suplex, or he just did a tombstone. Yeah, that's the cars are fighting. The cars are fighting while they're racing, <laughs> and they all have their own moves. Yeah, and the people delivering them, announcing them, are so dedicated to getting them yeah. right. Oh, there's there's another piece of of trivia about these announcers. The first announcer you see is Peter Fernandez, the guy that voiced the Americans. The old guy. Yeah, the old mm. guy. Uh, who kind of sounds like Stan Lee. Yeah. Um, I bet if Racer Rex is out there watching, you can bet your ass he is damn proud of his brother. Which is funny because he played Speed and and Racer X. Oh, man. Um, Connie, I think her name is Corrine Orr, was the voice of Trixie and Spritel. She's at the Grand Prix race. But also is this guy, um, you might know him, Andres Cantor. Do you know who Andres Cantor is? Andre, no. I'll give you I'll give you a hint. Oh my god. That dude? Yeah. He's at the race. When he's like fighting um uh Mr. Two Time Grand Prix. Cannonball Taylor. Yeah, Cannonball Ta- Cannonball Taylor. When he's fighting him, you see him like like say I don't know what he says. He's saying something in Spanish. He's like in a, I think I remember he's like in a black suit. He's in a white like, suit. Oh white suit, okay. Yeah. And he's think. just like cheering and you just see him like ah. Yeah, like and you see everybody's losing their minds during that. Oh my god. But he's one of them. That uh, is wild. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they try to get Danica Patrick to be in this movie, but she couldn't make it, so they got another female race car driver to be the one that he like does the over under trick. He hits her, and she goes into the sign. Yeah. I told you. I told you. Ben Burns is like is like commenting on it, and like he's like, "Speed's gonna do this thing," and yeah. when he does, he's like, "I told you. I told yeah. you." And in a way, it's kind of a, like, redemption story for him, too. Because, like, he sold out. He played their game. He he's meets Speed. And then he has to be the one that confirms, like, the story that, like, yeah, I was part of this sham. You know, people thought we hated each other. It's Funny, like, huh? And it's just, and you just, the look on Speed. Yeah. And then the look on Ben Burns, too. Right? He's like, I had to, like, shatter these kids' dreams. And then at the end, he's like rooting for speed because he's like rooting for like the, racing uh, yeah he's rooting for racing and he's mm-hmm. rooting for speed and just the it's like yeah get him get him kid mm-hmm. when he's fight when speed is fighting cannonball taylor he's like get him kid like yoo-hoo anybody home he, <laughs> uh, the, the announcers in this movie are great because so you have because you have a you have a ton you have the the guys at thunderhead you have the casa crystal the two guys then you have the fuji and then oh, you yeah. have the guys at Costa Crystal like, yeah, you can it's really hard to see what's in those dust clouds as they're like using weapons, like throwing bees at each other. Uh, <laughs> this race is full of cheaters. It's tough to see what goes on in those dust clouds. It can get really nasty in there. The announcers play such a huge role in yeah. this. They really immerse you in like literally what's happening. Yes. They're like wrestling announcers. They are. And again, and like wrestling announcers, these guys have their own role and they play a particular role. 
they play a particular role in what they're doing and you could get invested in them as much mm-hmm. i remember growing up with wrestling jbl yeah. when he retired and became a commentator you uh you care about them like you have an you have yeah. an opinion about what they say and, and they like enhance they make what you're seeing even cooler which is what they do in this movie and all the announcers are great they're all yeah. characters yeah and they i mean they don't really play a big part in the film outside of ken, ben burns or yeah. ken, ken burns Ben. Ben, ben Ken Burns is the, is the, the real, yeah. I, he's the he's he's the documentarian. Yeah. Apparently one of the original Ben Burns Japanese voice actor is one of the announcers at, <sighs> at the final race. That's great. Like they they did their homework, you know. They tried to get everybody they could to be in this movie to make it the best movie they can. And you you feel it, you know? This movie never took any shortcuts. Oh man, it it's so I mean look, I know for a lot of you people, you're not really sure what we're talking about. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're hearing the, like Ben Burns, uh, you who, what's going? You know, I think, and it's hard because it's hard for us to try to stay objective with this because we love the film so much. But I think hopefully at least we're like convincing you to maybe give this movie a rewatch because yeah, there's a lot of special stuff in this film. And in the past ten years, I mean, we've there. I mean, when we were trying to look up stuff for this movie. Uh, we we've like we we we, we try to research mm-hmm. films as much as we can, and we try to try yeah. to look for what's like how people were receptive back then and now. And ten years later, or eleven years, people seem to be turning around finally. Yeah, I rem- there's an article remembering the candy coated spectacle of Speed Racer, and this guy's just praising it and just saying like. Speed Racer opens with a gorgeous sequence that slips effortlessly backwards and forwards in time. He's constantly praising. Yeah, uh, people are starting to come around on like it's on a bunch of like top, top whatever lists of underrated movies of the time. If and you all go on, that. if you go on YouTube, people are like, "Oh, Speed Racer's pretty good." Yeah, the film was always good. Yeah, people just didn't give it a chance. Yeah, but it's, it's there's definitely a, uh, a. A turning opinion, a, a turning point in the yeah. opinion of people are people are having for this film. Yeah, because they had like a ten, they had like a ten year special ten, anniversary, ten year anniversary oh. screening of it last year at this theater, and apparently a lot of people showed up. It played really well. The Wachowskis went. Really? Yeah. What? And it's like there seems to be a turning, a turning opinion. I, I've asked, I've asked a couple of friends. They're like, yeah, it's great. I. I genuinely don't think the look. If you don't like VFX heavy stuff, fine. That's totally within your right, you know. And to some people, it is a little nauseating. Mm. But you can't like. But I don't fucking understand <laughs> how you can how you can love every Marvel film that's been out there. Yeah. How none of them are rotten and mm-hmm. dislike this film that I will argue has way more heart than most of the films. Yeah. And I love the MCU. I do. Mm. But man, it's sometimes it put it, those movies push it. Yeah, I still don't like Doctor Strange. Really? I do not like Doctor Strange. I wow. know, I know that's like a, people love it. I don't like it. I don't like. Uh, I don't like Thor number two. There's a lot. <laughs> <laughs> most people have have opinions about it, mm-hmm. but this film has way more heart than most of them, and it's yeah. still like a CGI. Both yeah. of them are CGI infested. Yeah. Avengers is just, or uh, inf- the MCU films are just better at hiding it because they're grounded. 
Yeah. But Speed Racer just embraces it. But because yeah. it embraces it, it has that childlike charm and heartwarming thing about it. Mm. Hell, it's it's a, it's really about identity. What yeah. Marvel film has dealt with that? Black Panther. Black yeah, Black that's, Panther comes close. And, and look, again, I'm not trying to shit on cuz I love these films. Yeah, of course. I love these films. I was there day 1 for Endgame and I was there three more times rewatching. <laughs> Um, and and I and I love even I, I love Thor, mm-hmm. the first one. <laughs> yeah, me too. But you, can, I just don't understand how you can agree to like those films and hate this one. I think yeah. the, I think the disparity just comes in that this one leans into the animation and familyness yeah. and the kidness of it, mm-hmm. whereas those try to mask it. Yeah. But I just think it's it's just a different interpretation. You can yeah. have both. They both can. At, have the same in the end of the day you want to feel something that's all it is you just want to feel good and how like, can how much better can you get than this like i can still watch the ending and like be in it you know yes and, I, and i've actually been thinking about this recently i'm trying to think about films where the character where it's not it doesn't resolve by everyone being killed or with gun violence and stuff mm. like that I've, I've been i don't know why i've been thinking about it more and more because I feel like every other film I'm watching today, and some someone has to die, and someone has to get, use a gun and kill people. Mm. And I don't, I don't dislike that. I love Once Upon a Time. Yeah. Spoilers. <laughs> I guess it's a Tarantino movie. Someone was gonna die. But I think whenever I watch a film that isn't like a romantic comedy or like a comedy, but yeah. it's a, it's a, it's a in a different genre, but that solves their problems in different ways, I've kind of grown to like that even more. Mm-hmm. And this is a film that's about racing. There's yeah. no real gun violence, except like one scene. There are two scenes where they have guns, but it's not about it. You know, it's it solves its problems by sticking together, by yeah. the family sticking together, and mm-hmm. you know, and r- r- racing obviously. One of those scenes, like we're talking about, like the transitions and the editing, like when they're building the car, right? The invitation to the Grand Prix is last minute. And they have two days to to build a car and get it there. And we already know that it takes Royalton like 36 hours to complete a car. So it's like, all right, we got, we'll do it in 32. And then you see them build the car, right? They're, all the family comes together. They, they're all wearing the jumpsuits from Racer Motors. And the mom, she's like bringing in the stuff. And then she brings in the peanut butter and jelly sandwiches, right? Yeah. And all of this is cut with Royalton signing checks, making deals. Do you see like the... The fancy hors d'oeuvres set for the Grand Prix. Yeah, like the, the, the ice. The, the ice sculpture. The ice sculpture. All the, the, the fancy foods cut against peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. Yeah. <laughs> there's there's something so uh, heartwarming about this. Yeah. That you, don't, and that you don't see too often. And I'm not saying every film has to be heartwarming. I love my violence. I love it when, <laughs> I, I love it when people get stabbed in the balls. I, I appreciate all of that. I get it. I can, appre- I can live in a world where I can appreciate Evil Dead, the remake. Yeah. Uh, like just gore up front and Tarantino mm-hmm. just massacring people. <laughs> um, but I'm, I also really like it when a film's like, well, we don't always have to do that. Yeah. Here's the alternative. Mm-hmm. Here's this different, you know, nobody really dies. It's you have family making peanut butter chili sandwiches. <laughs> it's very different, but I I like it, and I feel like with everyone solving their problems with big explosions and you know giant massacres, and even the MCU with having a giant war at the end, it's very mm. refreshing. It's just it's so nice. It is really, nice. and and I and I like that people are coming around mm. to it. The 
the new Hollywood Speed Racer didn't see coming. Because when this film came out, people were like dark and gritty. You yeah. Know, dark and gritty, adult-oriented. Not adult-oriented, but closer to adult. Mm-hmm. And now it's kind of like, in, in one, and actually in a way, the MCU helped shape the way for Speed Racer, if you think about it. Because now they're getting a little bit goofier. Yeah. They're getting a little bit more colorful. They're a giant space battle. <laughs> Thor Ragnarok. I mean, mm-hmm. Iron Man played it pretty straight. Yeah. Which I'm not criticizing. I love mm-hmm. it. It's still one of my favorites. But, like, Thor Ragnarok came in and, like, added the color back yeah. in. Yeah, like, Hulk fights a giant dog. Yeah. Yeah. I on, feel a, like, on, a br- on a rainbow bridge. I feel like if this, <laughs> I think if this film had come out now, it might have been better received. Just because now I think people are more mm-hmm. accustomed to the colorfulness. I yeah. Mean, I don't know if you know, but when they were announcing Thor Ragnarok... Like that phase three of Marvel. Uh-huh. And you can look this up by MDB. Mm. When they were announcing Thor Ragnarok, they had the picture of the timeline and all the films that were going to be released. And they had Inhumans, Captain America, you know, and they had Thor Ragnarok. Thor Ragnarok had a very straightforward print. And the Thor Ragnarok was like in a charcoal red kind of like destruction mm-hmm. font. Like it was like doom gloom. It was like doom gloom. Mm-hmm. And it was like very like apocalyptic. And because Ragnarok means the end of everything. Cut, cut, cut forward a couple of years later, mm-hmm. it, that Thor Ragnarok is rewritten. That logo is rewritten towards an 80s colorful kind oh, yeah. of font. Yeah, and, people, and people embraced it. Mm-hmm. I feel like maybe Marvel started in this route. They were going straight forward and stuff. Mm-hmm. And they've come kind of come around back to this colorfulness. And I think if Speed Racer would have come out in a time like that, it might have been better. But because of when it came out. It was in the middle of doom and gloom. Which is depressing, because yeah. this film deserves so much more. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, look, man, if we haven't been able... Look, I, if some of you guys might have been confused, might be still confused about a lot <laughs> of things. We're, you're, you're talking... We're two guys that have seen this movie at least double-digit times. Yeah. So, there's no way you're going to be able to catch on everything we've said. But hopefully, our enthusiasm for the film is able to convince you to at least give this a rewatch. Rent it. It's what? three ninety nine, three ninety nine. What are you going to buy with three ninety nine? Okay, what, there's what, what you could lose three ninety nine and you wouldn't care. Rewatch the movie, yeah, and just give it a chance, and it's you're only gonna have a good time. Mm-hmm. Now, how great of a time depends on you personally. Me and Austin rewatch this movie; we love it. But yeah, you, you might think like, oh, it's not bad. There's always there's like okay, so like the we got the story of I- identity, right? Mm-hmm. You have racing scenes like the really colorful visually unique style that are very well choreographed yeah very well choreographed these are great racing scenes yeah you have literally this entire cast yeah the performances like they're so good for by the way mom's racer in the cartoon probably doesn't even have close to as many speaking lines throughout the entire series as susan sarandon does (laughs) and because because they knew they got a great actress on their hands yeah this and you have such a positive message yeah and they're relaying all this information in a very instinctive but also clever way that you're even when you're when you might be confused or lost you still get the point yes and it's it's just, it's an exciting film yeah that's what it is that's if i had to describe one word if i had to use does you find one word to describe this movie it's exciting mm. and is that enough other is there any other reason to watch it <laughs> Like, I, I have 10 reasons, but literally, it's exciting. Yeah. This is, like, the one reason you should watch it. 
So yeah. what what do you rate this? Well, I would give this the highest rating, five out of five, because um, it's just so so good. And every time I watch it, I f- I feel like it's the first time I'm watching it. You know, I'm like in the story. I'm in the move. In like the I'm down for like the crazy transitions of people sliding in and out of frame. I love the score. The music is so good, and the story too. Like if you look at it. As if it's not, they're not talking about racing, but they're talking about identity, like changes the movie. I have to rewatch it now. It makes it mind. better, I think. Looking at it in both, yeah, you can look at it in both ways. It's just, wow. Every time. I, I agree. I, five, five out of five. I, I think it's, uh, I think it's phenomenal. Yeah. And this, this is another film where I just watch every, every so often. Because mm-hmm. it's just so, it's just so well made. Yeah. And you don't really see films like, and we're probably never going to see a film like this. Ever yeah. again, because it was just such a bomb. Mm-hmm. <sighs> well, we're letting the Wachowskis, or at least one of them, is doing uh, Matrix Four. Yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. I, look, they're still they're they're creative people, so I'm sure they're going to keep having a lot of work. I just uh, I just hope they're successful. Yeah, and I just hope Speed Racer, the love for Speed Racer keeps coming. Yeah. So I think that's our show for today. Yep, that's our show for today. Um, I don't know what we're doing next time. I don't. We haven't talked you about. You know what it. we should do? Which one? Should Little Shop of Horrors. I I have not seen. I've never seen it. So okay, that'll one. be that'll be a, a yeah that'll be a different kind of episode because I it's another one of the movies that I love. Like it's one of my favorite movies. Probably one of my top ten favorite movies. And it's a movie that George hasn't seen at all. No, I have no reference. No reference at all. So it's gonna be pretty exciting because it's you're you're watching the movie that was. From 1986 is a remake of a movie from 19, 1950s based off of a book. So like, it, I'm excited. Yeah, I'm I'm curious to see how you how you feel about it. All right, all right. Thanks, guys. Thanks for listening. See you next time. See you next time. Hey, Austin. Yeah. That was a pretty cool episode of Retrograde. Uh, when's the next one coming out? I don't know, George. Do you follow us on Twitter at retrograde underscore pod? Um, no, I don't. Uh, do you follow us on Instagram at retrograde underscore pod? Uh, that's a negative. Don't be like George. Make sure you follow us at retrograde underscore pod. Okay, wait, can you say it again? I'm writing it down. Retrograde, one word, underscore pod. Got it? Now, is that retro spelled retro or in the Latin retro? How else do you spell retro? The other way. What's the other way? Tell me. (laughs) Uh, Retro.